Hello, welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you are brand new. My name is Laura and I'm your host. This week on the show, I am joined by Dr. Clodagh Campbell, who is known as the wellness psychologist. And Dr. Clodagh is here to help us heal, find peace and live our happiest, most fulfilled life. She always knew that she experienced other people's emotions and had deep compassion for others. So it is obvious to me that she is an empath. And from a very young age, she always wanted to help others and be there for other people and really help them feel less alone on their journeys. Dr. Clodagh discovered that she was adopted when she was growing up and this really impacted her own sense of self-worth and struggling with her ability to be able to trust others and have a sense of safety in relationships. Now, Dr. Clodagh shares with us in this episode that that took her down the path of wanting to study psychology and wanting to go on her own healing journey, beginning therapy as part of her psychology course and how this has really helped her grow in terms of not only the work that she puts out into the world but who she is as a person and how this really flourishes her personal relationships. We cover so much ground in this episode. Honestly, I do not know where to start when it comes to summarising. We spoke about the importance of prioritising our own energy, protecting ourselves through boundaries. We spoke about how to know when you are on the brink of burnout, what are some of the signs that burnout is happening and why is it that so many people, especially women, seem to just always want to push, push, push for more and external results and struggle to take the opportunity and the time to pause and reflect and be in the sense of trust. We spoke about how our childhood experiences when it comes to seeing our caregivers and parents rest and recovery can actually influence our own behaviours in the day-to-day life right now. We also spoke about the importance of our environment, who we surround ourselves with. We also spoke about regulating our nervous system and signs that the nervous system is out of regulation or it's in dysregulation and what are some of the things that we can do to really bring ourselves back to the present moment. We spoke about circumstances such as making a transition from working a full-time job to starting something of your own or having your own business in whatever capacity that is because Dr. Cloda was on that journey herself and she was able to make that transition and how we can prioritize our wellness, our inner self and not put ourselves to the point of making ourselves ill or not being able to achieve the vision that we have and, and being in trust that things are unfolding exactly as they are meant to. We then also spoke about all things spiritual growth, spirituality, receiving signs from the universe and loved ones that have passed and how that really does help Dr. Chloe to have a deep sense of trust in her journey and it's funny because before she went through an experience of sadly losing her father she was always in the mindset of things need to have research and theory and science in order for her to be able to believe and that has completely changed and she focuses a lot more on this inner knowing this feeling that she has within her there is so much that we talk about in this episode you do not want to miss this and i enjoyed every single minute of recording before we get into actually playing the interview i just wanted to give you a little life update as well so at the time you're listening to this if you if it is in real time i am off to spain this week i'm going to teach yoga for a retreat for about five days i think it is so i'm really looking forward to the break because yes i will be doing the morning sunrise yoga classes and i'm going to be taking my angel cards and all of the things with me to bring the vibes and then I'm going to be able to get involved in the retreat itself, do some personal development, hikes, hopefully some bathing and also some business development too. So I cannot wait to get on that plane, head over to Spain and just really be present in this experience and taking that opportunity to realise I have created this for myself through me 
taken the aligned action steps that I've took over the past year or two. This has put me in a situation where opportunities like this have crossed my path and I've been able to go and do it and just be part of that experience, be part of that community. And because I've already flew by myself over to Bali and that was like 17 hours, 18 hours flying over to Spain from the UK is is nothing. So it really does open up what you can do and the opportunities that you can just say yes to if it feels right. Do not get me wrong, I am a little bit nervous. At the same time, I know that it's going to be so good for me to have that break and really also have the space to put together some more ideas and pull together the ideas that I already have in my mind I just cannot wait to have this opportunity and this space to just see what flows through and be in my creative, divine, feminine, flowy energy because sometimes I really do find myself being more in the structure of getting stuff done and having to meet timescales and rigid all of the things and I notice when my inner feminine is just like let's relax let's let this go let's be present more let's just create the space and just sit in the stillness and the nothingness the deeper I connect to my intuition the stronger that inner desire of wanting to be held in that in the feminine energy is so there for me I can just feel it and I can't ignore it, I'm not going to lie. And then at the same time, obviously I do want to follow my vision and continue to build my business and support and guide the women who want to work with me or help and the women who listen to the podcast. And yeah, it's, it's kind of this constant dance between the two energies and that's where I am at. So this episode was useful for me because a lot of the tips and the advice and the way that the conversation went really resonated with me and where I am right now on my own journey so I know that so many of you will also be able to receive a lot from this conversation. Now I'm going to keep this intro relatively short to be honest for today. I am looking forward to having a big catch up with you or probably in the next couple of weeks or so because there is a lot that's been happening and I want to be able to open up and share it because I feel like there's a lot of learning that I'm going through as well during this time and it's interesting how it all seems to just be coming about and I can feel it. It's almost this inner feeling of I've been waiting for this now and it's finally starting to happen and it's so exciting but then at the same time I want to feel grounded because Every time you're growing or new things are coming into your life, it does feel unusual because it's new. But anyway, yeah, I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you do, please be sure to let me and Dr. Closer know. You can take a photo of you listening to this episode and be sure to add it to your stories, tag us both or drop me a DM or drop Dr. Clodagh a DM. Let us know what your biggest breakthrough was from this episode. We would love to hear it. I will put details to contact Dr. Clodagh in the description of this podcast. If you would like to inquire about working with me one-on-one for coaching, there is also an application form in the description of this podcast. You will find everything that you need to know and need to see in order to get in touch with me and we can take it from there. So have a lovely day. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did and I will talk to you soon. Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me, alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, Clodagh. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I am really looking forward to finding out a little bit more about you. So what would be a great starting point is giving us an introduction, like a background, whatever you feel called to share a little bit about who you are, what it is that you do and who you help, please. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think where the best place to start is. And actually, I think right back at the very beginning, because something that happened in my very early childhood really shaped the rest of my life and the work that I do now. And I feel so passionately about my work. So let's start there. So right as a newborn, brand new baby, I was placed for adoption. Um, and I was given to the most wonderful, loving parents who I adored, who I had a gorgeous life with. But, and I always knew I was adopted. I don't remember being told that. So it was a part of the narrative from a really young age. But I struggled with that growing up. I struggled with feeling safe um, in my relationships. I struggled with this fear of abandonment and rejection. I felt really anxious a lot of the time, particularly in groups of friends. I struggled to feel like I belonged, um, not with my parents, but definitely outside of that. Um, and at the time, obviously, I didn't have a comprehension of why I was feeling that way, or even that it wasn't normal as, say, a six or seven year old child to be feeling so anxious and to fear that my friends, you know, would become disinterested in me and would prefer to be friends with other little girls. But that was a big part of my life. Then as I got a little bit older and in my teens and at that age, we we're like trying so hard to build an identity around who we are and we're gaining more de dependence, um, independence in life. It, it came into play when I started having, you know, romantic relationships. Um, and that carried through into my 20s as well. So when I decided what to do for the rest of my life, what to study in university, I decided that I would study psychology because I always had this sense of feeling alone and not really understanding why I was experiencing anxiety um a difficulty to feel safe in my relationship so I didn't want other people to feel that so that really motivated me to go on and to study psychology in university which I did um I completed then my degree my master's my doctorate in psychology and then I qualified as a psychologist in 2015 and since then, I have been working as a psychologist, supporting my clients. In 2020, I took the leap to join social media because I had this sense that psychology is so hard to access. It's really expensive and there are waiting lists. And I thought it could be helpful for me to share little nuggets online so that people could better understand themselves or people could support themselves. So in 2020... I launched my Instagram page, The Wellness Psychologist, and it grew very quickly because a month or two later, COVID hit, and we were all at home on our phones, really struggling with this huge change that had transpired in the world. So yes, that leads me up to where I am now, The Wellness Psychologist. Uh, I practice, I have a podcast called Unspoken. Um, I share a lot of nuggets on Instagram through my podcast to help people feel less alone, to help people feel more normal, to help to validate that all our emotions, you know, are just part of being human. Um, and I feel really passionate about that. Yeah, I did see when I was doing some research on your background that a big theme for you is to help people feel less alone on their journey. And it really resonated because one of the reasons why I started this podcast was to help people feel less alone on this self-development journey. So it's funny how it aligns together yeah. perfectly. And I'd also noticed that you have always been drawn to wanting to help others and, and support others in whatever way is possible because your page, yes, you do have your qualification, but you talk a lot about wellness and you talk a lot about taking care of yourself and ensuring that you're filling up your own cup, which I also agree with a lot because I think we are in a fast-paced society, let's say, where there's a lot of pressure in achieving and doing all of the things. And especially as women, we want to be almost proven our self-worth and feel that that's done externally. So for you and your own journey of doing the inner work, I know you've touched on, thank you for sharing all of that as well in terms of what you've experienced so early on in childhood. 
and coming to this point or at least on the journey towards this stage how did you begin to really begin to ask yourself these questions that might be quite difficult and do the inner work through therapy so I had to do a lot of therapy um, as part of my qualification to become a psychologist um, which was brilliant because I was sitting there with a therapist for years you know working on myself so that my own patterns and beliefs um, and feelings don't get in the way of my work with others so the therapeutic journey absolutely helped me to build awareness to why I was feeling the way I was feeling to what was happening to me to how I could look after myself um yeah so I I really valued that it's something that I dip in and out of then you know sometimes I'll go back for a couple of months or even a year depending on where I am in my life after having my second daughter I went back um and recently finished because I had done enough in that moment you know I was ready for it to sink in and consolidate it and I know in time I'll go back again when something else comes up for me that will lead me there I always feel like when the time is right we'll find ourselves sitting in that room again and it's just the most supportive space I always think it's such a luxury to have an hour a week to go in and to think about the things that you find challenging and to build your awareness and to receive support and validation and care from somebody who is you know there and willing to listen to you so yes the therapy journey has been so healing for me I also went on a retreat last year so it was um, a five-day four-night retreat and I went by myself I didn't know anyone there found that really confronting because I've as I've described already I've always struggled with showing up authentically and feeling safe in that you know and taking down the mask and trusting that I wouldn't be hurt and even if I was you know that I would be able to look after myself in that so going on that retreat and I really did take off the mask I was my full authentic self and it was hard to show up in that way, but that really shifted something for me as well. You've mentioned self-worth and that was something that I really struggled with. I felt I always had to prove that externally, but going on that retreat and being with the most wonderful like-minded people really helped me to see my self-worth. It was like mirrored back in them. Um, so that was a really special experience for me as well. Yeah, I do find when you put yourself in a situation alone and it's you getting out your comfort zone, you uncover new parts of yourself because, yes, it is uncomfortable and then you're forced to be in a space of, okay, well, whether it's slowing down more so you're able to get in tune with your thoughts or what's going on internally or ask those uncomfortable questions in therapy, but that's going to take you deeper in actually knowing who you are and feeling more comfortable in who you are as well. And I do think as you know, with COVID, therapy and the conversations around therapy have become a lot more normalized now would you agree that it seems to be more socially accepted yeah absolutely we are talking about these things more which is amazing it's like there's less shame around it because we've opened up that narrative that conversation over COVID when all of us were struggling in one way or another mm -hmm. um, and we've really normalized that life is hard and we go through ups and downs and it's okay to, to talk about the struggle and the challenge and our emotions and in fact it's really healthy to to do that and and I think podcasts like yours and like mine in Unspoken when we have these conversations and people hear you know what they're experiencing mirrored back to them it helps us all to feel less alone to also be more compassionate to ourselves um, and it opens up the conversations so that we feel safer and more comfortable in having them. Yeah, from your experience and the work that you've not only done on yourself but with your clients, 
Why do you think that a lot of women do have this self-worth issue? I know from my own personal experiences and the clients that I've worked with, there's definitely a pattern. So where do you think that comes from? So when I consider self-worth, I always think it, it stems back to our early years. You know, that that's where we build our self-worth. That's where we really um learn I suppose our position in life our positions in the family the roles that we take on and the roles that are given to us so that those are really important years in our life um I also think though like there's a societal construct of how a woman should live how a woman should be and the expectations are really high yeah you know and often we are taught that our worth relates to things that it doesn't like how we look um how we mother how i suppose classed we are for want of a better word you know sometimes we're taught not to be assertive and to to speak up for ourselves and to be you know the good girl yeah um so I think it's definitely a mixture of the both, but also generationally, you know, the role that our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers took on and how they viewed themselves and how they viewed, you know, the idea of being a woman, um, of being a mother, being all of these concepts that are placed upon us, we we take these on board as well. So it's definitely an intergenerational construct too um but yes I do a lot of inner child work so a lot of my journey um as part of my own therapy and a lot of my work with my clients and certainly how I would formulate all of my work and conceptualize all of my work it's it's grounded in you know our inner child and the theory that surrounds that so and our self-worth is so tied up in that. I always say, since becoming a mother, I really realized in having my children just how worthy we are the moment we were born. There's nothing we need to do to prove our worth. We are just worthy by being us. And that's certainly not something that I knew until I had my children. Um, so I always say to people, we're born worthy. You know, we are born worthy. But that's not something that's said to us, I don't believe. I don't know if anyone ever helped me to see that before. We're not taught it in school. You know, I, I, my mother was an incredible mother, but I don't know if she ever sat down and, and you know, talked to me about how worthy I was. Something I try to remind my little girl of all the time, all the reasons why she's worthy. You know, the primary one, like I just said, is just by being her, but you know, the light that she gives to the world just by smiling at somebody or just by giving somebody a hug or just by being present. One of the big things I feel with self-worth is that when, if we're talking about relating it to early childhood, through going to school and the education system, we are taught that our worthiness and achievements come from the external things so doing well in school what what grades we get what university we go into so a lot of that is the conditioned belief that is put onto us especially when we are children so for me there's no wonder why when we grow into adulthood that we do have that pressure of wanting to do all of the things in order to prove our sense of worthiness, especially as women. Mm. And I think it's how we're able to release that belief and know that it is safe. Whilst it's good to have ambition and, and do well for yourself, it's it's almost like the reason why you're doing that, I think so important. Yeah, so like you say, grades are so applauded when we do well it's so applauded and I think then that can overshadow all of the other incredible parts of us and the incredible achievements that we that we experience going through life that aren't academic so I absolutely agree yeah when you talk about burnout and related to your clients and and women in general where do you think that that comes from then and what what would you say are some tips and ways in which that if we were 
focusing it more on women because it's primarily women that listen to the podcast, but people in general can really begin to avoid going down that burnout route and protect themselves. So I think we place such high expectations on ourselves. Um, we aim for perfect all the time. We aim for perfect in our work. We aim for perfect in our relationships and our friendships as mothers. And perfect, perfect isn't achievable. It's not attainable. Even if we work ourselves to, to death, we're still never going to you know, earn perfect. Um, so often with burnout, if we're pushing ourselves to meet unattainable standards, of course, we are going to become absolutely exhausted along the way. I also think as women, we can really struggle with upholding boundaries with other people, but also with ourselves. So we take on things that we don't have the capacity to out of fear of saying no or out of fear of being seen as weak or that we lack stamina or that we don't have the capacity to do all of the things that are being asked of us. So certainly when we struggle to say no and say yes, 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 absolutely contributes to that exhaustion that physical mental emotional exhaustion you know I think we can often struggle with allowing ourselves to rest as well rest can be seen as a laziness or an indulgence um, or as something that's not important but rest is a basic need you know it's one of the things that we absolutely will not survive without we even consider you know our hierarchy of needs sleep and rest is right there you know one of the most important things so if we don't allow ourselves to rest and to sleep and to recover absolutely we are going to become exhausted and you know I think everybody will relate to that feeling of overwhelm exhaustion feeling like there aren't enough hours in the day feeling like there isn't any light at the end of the tunnel because things keep stacking up and because we're balancing so many balls um so all of those things absolutely contribute to burnout yeah and the point that you make about rest I find that there's a belief that rest needs to be earned so it's almost like we have to work really hard and also oh I deserve that rest now and if you haven't and you're just having a day of doing nothing let's say it's so easy for these thoughts and feelings of guilt to come in mm-hmm. into your mindset mm-hmm. of I need to be doing this or I need to be doing that yeah and I think as well going back to that idea of what we learn in our early childhood perhaps from our mother or a grandmother you know what was their relationship with rest like I know for me, my mom is the type of person who she's a real doer. So she will do, do, do. And if she has a day off, she'll clean out the cupboards in the kitchen or, you know, she'll go out into the garden um, and do jobs that need to be done. But so then when I was growing up in that environment, if I was resting, you know, if I was taking time out to read a book or to just chill on the sofa and watch tv I would feel guilty for that I would feel like it wasn't a valid thing to do and I had to really shift that mindset I had to really work on recognizing that I am allowed to rest and that rest is important for me and healing and nourishing and nurturing um and if I can show that to my children that we are worthy of rest. What a gift that will be to them. I really, I fall to pieces when I don't have enough sleep. It's one of the things that I struggle with the most. I need a lot of sleep. And even one night of poor sleep will lead to me feeling really low or perhaps really um, irritable or really anxious. So yes, I always advocate for women to, to allow themselves, to give themselves the gift of rest and sleep because it is it really is an essential basic need yeah I know a lot of women who listen to the podcast are very ambitious and very driven and they have these big dreams and goals for the future 
and some of them are in a similar position to me where they're still working a job alongside doing something on the side whether that is their own business in whatever capacity and also do value taking care of their health and wellness they like to go to yoga or to the gym so when you're in that place and I'm sure there are women who listen who have a family as well, which is just like added responsibilities, which you can relate to. What advice would you give to the to the woman who's in that position, whether it is like really wanting to make a transition in her life and step into doing something that she feels that she, she is called towards? However, she's in a position where she's working a job and it's kind of like means to an end, so to speak. It's not the long term vision. Yeah, I can really relate to that because for a long time I was trying to, you know, grow something on the side of my own job and we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to reach these goals that we set for ourselves. So the advice I would give to women listening is to sit down and to consider what their priorities are. You know, what is really important to you? And once they've considered that, how can they meet those priorities or how can they live their life in a way that will help them to achieve them? So for me, when I'm working really long hours and perhaps not spending as much time with my husband as I'd like to or my friends, I take a step back and consider, well, what's really important to me? And what's important to me is my health. Yeah. My relationships. Um, and being authentic so if I'm working really hard and that's jeopardizing my health or my relationships what can I do to change that so for the women listening if their priority is to build a business that's amazing but if you're sacrificing yourself you know how will it benefit you when you burn out when you're absolutely exhausted when you find yourself isolated because you haven't been putting any energy into your relationships, including your relationship with yourself. So I think that's been really helpful for me and that helps me to try to hold the boundaries and keep the boundaries that I set for myself. So for example, switching off from work at six o'clock, you know, not having my phone after 10 o'clock or 9.30 or even nine o'clock because I need to rest. Um, and we always function so much better when we're kind to ourselves, when we allow ourselves to rest, when we're happy and connected in our relationships. There's been a study that's been ongoing in Harvard for over 80 years. And what they found from that study is that the thing that contributes to our health and to how long we live and to our happiness it, most out of anything else is how connected and satisfied we are in our relationships. So if you are sacrificing yourself or your relationships or your health or your goals, perhaps it's time to just take a step back and consider what's important to you. Yeah, definitely. Because it's easy to get wrapped up in the external goals or achievements and things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is it's the experience along the way and the people who are going to be there to almost what's that saying like reap the rewards or the you know the fruit of your labor I think that's the saying isn't it if you are not spending time nourishing those relationships you're going to have this feeling of unfulfillment so yeah that's that's so powerful and my next also, question before you ask me one more question can I say one more thing sure I also ask the women listening who feel that way who feel that pull what are you trying to prove and who are you trying to prove it to? So I think that could be an, another really powerful thing for them to sit down and ask themselves. Yeah. We don't need to prove ourselves. We are worthy just by being us. We don't need to prove ourselves by an Instagram follower number or you know an amount of money in our bank account. Yes, we need money to live. And yes, often Instagram followers help us achieve our goals, but... You know, who are you trying to prove your worth to? Yeah. I also feel as well it's related to how much you trust yourself. So you know the answers. 
if you were to sit and reflect, but are you going to listen to the answers? Do you trust yourself to act upon what's coming forth as well? Yeah. Have you ever found that, that it's easier for us to ignore the intuition and just focus on being busy or in the habits that were, you know, this behavior pattern that we're in? Absolutely. I think you already referenced this. We live in such a fast paced society that it's normal for us to be busy all of the time. We're trying to meet deadlines. We're trying to achieve our goals. We're trying to do everything and juggle all of the balls. So very often we forget to pause and to tune into ourselves. I call it coming home to ourselves. How often do you come home to yourself, to your inner wisdom, your inner knowledge, your inner knowing? How often do you give yourself that time to pause and to consider and that inner wisdom that we all have is, you know, it, it's so wise. We all hold all of the answers inside of ourselves. But as you say, do we allow ourselves firstly to tune into that or to listen to what that inner guidance is, is saying to us? Yeah. So, yeah. A big part of your work is around the nervous system and regulating the nervous system so I'd love to ask you what's I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly somatic mm. yeah I've done it good somatic psychology and therapy are you able to explain to us a little bit about what that is please yeah absolutely so with somatic work it really centers on the belief that our mind and body are connected so when we are experiencing something, we're experiencing it in our body physiologically, as well as through our thoughts and our emotions. And I'm a huge advocate for talking therapy, as we've already um, touched on, both as a psychologist and both because of how much it's benefited me personally. But I, I think we can only release so much through talking. Our body holds so much trauma, our body holds so much of that emotional energy, especially if we tend to kind of push it down and bottle it the way many of us do. So with somatic therapy, it's about honoring that mind-body connection and considering how we can release that emotional energy, that trauma through tapping into both the mind and the body. So we might do some exercises together that can help us to connect in with our body to um, come out of our mind and just more into our holistic being. You know, we're, we're more, we are more than just our thoughts. Um, I also use somatic work as well to comfort, um, comfort ourselves and to nurture ourselves. So going back to that inner child, when we're distressed, when we're triggered, often it's because that little girl inside of us is scared or lonely yeah. or sad. So I love nurturing my inner child and, and helping my child, my clients to nurture their inner children by somatic techniques. And that could be as simple as placing one hand underneath your um, arm and the other on the opposite arm and giving yourself a big hug. You know that gentle pressure that is so nurturing so comforting and that's just a gorgeous way to regulate us and to soothe us um so yes i use the somatic work to help us to build more awareness and to again come home to ourselves come home to our body as well as our minds to nurture um and comfort us and also then to try to release some of that trapped and stored energy and trauma yeah you're so right. The body does hold a lot of you know, memories from the past. And if it just builds up and builds up, it can create this feeling of like heaviness. Yeah. Something that I do, which is really useful, is tapping, you know, EFT tapping. And I found that that's been beneficial for me alongside yoga. I'm always open to learning more or anything that's going to support with regulating my nervous system especially if you're dealing with high stress or pressure or there's different challenges going on in life because it, I'm not sure if you've ever found this but it's like your body reacts to it doesn't it and it can be like a memory from the past or like a fear or an anxiety of what could happen yeah yeah I remember 
hearing about a little boy who was in foster care um, and went from foster care to foster care to foster care. And he, in school, was having a really difficult time connecting with his teacher. And the teacher was really trying to build that relationship and to look after him. And after a lot of work, they realized that the teacher's aftershave was the same aftershave that somebody who used to treat this little boy really, really badly wore. So he was becoming really triggered in his teacher's yeah. presence and he had no awareness of why that was, but it was his sense of smell that was triggering this really physiological response. He was becoming really dysregulated. He was becoming really angry with his teacher. Um, so it was that younger part of him that was remembering through his body the abuse that he has, had suffered. So we absolutely, our body can remember things that we don't consciously remember because our brain is so smart. Our brain protects us. So it shuts down some memories that are really harmful for us to protect us, but our body remembers. Yeah. What would you say are the signs of like a dysregulated nervous system? So for me, if I even consider myself when I'm dysregulated, I will feel like really jittery. So my body will just feel like I'll have like really anxious energy flowing through me. My breath will probably change. My breath will become faster and more shallow. Um, I will be feeling really anxious in my body. To, you know, basically what happens is that we signal that we're in danger. So we signal to ourselves that we're in danger, we're in threat, and our body shifts into protection mode. And the difficult thing is whether we are in danger because a car is speeding towards us or whether we're in danger because we're saying to ourselves, oh, you know, my boyfriend hasn't texted me back. Is he annoyed at me? Is he going to break up with me? Our body is going to respond in the same way. And what it might be is that your boyfriend's phone has died and there's absolutely no threat there whatsoever. But when we consider things in that way, we go into fight or flight. And that's when our body becomes dysregulated. We go into that sympathetic nervous system where it's like threat, our stress hormones are activated, our body is flooded. We try to protect ourselves. So that's what happens in our body when we become dysregulated, we become tense we are our high our senses become heightened we become hypervigilant we find it really hard to bring ourselves back into that parasympathetic rest and digest state which is so important for our nervous system is it possible that we can avoid getting to that point or are we always is there always going to be circumstances where we'll get triggered and the nervous system will react like that yeah so our nervous system is functional it's there to protect us. It, it has a purpose. So we're never going to be able to switch it off. But what we can do is that we can learn how to regulate it and help us to come back down from the stress um, cycle to rest and digest much quicker and much easier. And it's really important for us to learn how to do that for our health. Because if we're switched on in the stress mode for a long time, that can become our normal and we can be hypervigilant. We can be dysregulated a lot of the time and just not even have that awareness or it's just our normal. You know, so oftentimes come into me and they'll say, God, I never thought that I had anxiety. I just thought I was a worrier. This is just my normal. I've always felt this way. So that's how people um, can experience dysregulation as well as the norm um so it's really important for us to learn how to work with that to learn how to soothe us to to learn how to come back to rest and digest and feeling regulated in ourselves but that's absolutely positive or that's absolutely possible should I say and it's so common for us to have those in you know catastrophizing thoughts of what if this happens? What if that happens? And kind of like being on high alert. And it's how you have the tools to just bring yourself back to the present moment of this is the current situation. So whether we're living in the future and having all these feelings of anxiety of what could, or we're living in the past with regret and then we hold on to this heaviness, it's how we're able to bring this level of balance, would you say, to, mm -hmm. to being here right now and concentrating on just bringing yourself back. It energetically I guess before we do spiral yeah absolutely you know how often have you 
been in bed at nighttime trying to fall asleep and you'll hear a noise and think oh my god what is that and we become you know very hyper vigilant and we're thinking something disastrous is going to happen to us we're catastrophizing I know I've been in that situation so many times um or we consider something that happened with a friend or a relationship earlier and we start to doubt ourselves and overthink it and become consumed by it so the key really in those moments, as you say, is just to come back to the now, to come back to the now and to challenge those thoughts. If you hear a noise, it's like, okay, before I go into that catastrophizing, what are the, um, what's the evidence here for what's happening? Yeah. So can I rationalize that the, the risk of a burglar being in my house no, it's probably very, very slim right now. So can I challenge those thoughts? Can I come back to the present moment? Can I regulate myself when my stress alarm is going off in my mind? And the faster, the more we practice it, then the easier it becomes. So now if it happens for me, I catch it very quickly. I reassure myself. I soothe myself. I challenge those thoughts. I rationalize. And then I go about my day, whereas previously those catastrophic overthinking, you know, behaviors, and thoughts could go on for a long time and that could really uh, lead to me finding it very hard to focus on the things that I needed to do yeah do you have those thoughts it you internally or is it something that you write down now I do it internally because I'm really practiced at it but with my clients when we're working on these things I tend to give them worksheets or ask them to have a little notebook and to write them down because the more we write them down the easier it is for us to practice it and to really do it in a concrete way um so I would absolutely um, advocate for writing it down plus journaling has been found you know through all the research studies that are constantly done that it's a really brilliant way to lower stress anxiety to increase your mood um so journaling I I would I'm an advocate for journaling as well absolutely yeah so I'd love to ask you and I know that we've we've touched on this a little bit but what does it mean to you for someone to live a conscious life I think it's about making decisions for us that are authentic and that will lead to us living a fulfilled life. Making decisions to nurture ourselves and to look after ourselves and to be really honest with ourselves. So if you're doing a job that doesn't light you up, that you're struggling to be in that position to be with around those people to consider you know am I fulfilled am I happy here again it's coming home to yourself and asking yourself you know is this the right thing for me or how am I at the moment you know am I feeling tired am I feeling distressed am I feeling anxious well why is that feeling really anxious today why because my job really I struggle with it so much so considering how we are living our life and how we want to live our life in an as authentic way that we possibly can. And I know that again, there's bills and commitments, but how can we carve out our lives irrespective of the circumstances that we're in? When it comes to joy and happiness, only 10% of our happiness is related to the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So if you imagine somebody, if they're in really, really challenging circumstances, there's the possibility for themselves to still lead a grateful life, to still, or to change things for themselves, um, or to honor themselves and to live authentically within those circumstances. So I think it's about being really authentic to, to you. yeah yeah and how much do you feel a person's environment plays a part in that I know you touched about like the workplace but having the environment that really sets you up to be your authentic self or like true to yourself yeah it matters hugely so going back to that retreat that I went on last year 
I was accepted for exactly who I was there. Nobody had expectations of me. Nobody wanted me to act in a certain way. People were rooting for me, you know, the other women on the on the retreat. So I was able to be myself. I, I didn't feel like I had to prove myself to anybody. But if you're in an environment where somebody is treating you in a, in a way that doesn't feel comfortable or kind or for your highest good, perhaps it's about changing that if possible. So our environment absolutely impacts us. I worked previously in an environment with people that was very challenging. And because work is takes up such a huge part of our life, I was spending far more time with those people than I was with, say, my husband. Um, and I, I, I really struggled in that. So I had to consider, what can I do about this? What can I do about it? And actually, that was a period where I went to therapy and I really worked through that with the therapist. You know, why am I accepting this behavior from people? Why am I allowing them to treat me in this way? What can I do to change that? And sometimes I feel that it doesn't necessarily need to be that you make a big, huge decision decision there and then because that can be triggering for the nervous system, but it's almost like having a bit of a direction to move away from that situation is almost better, isn't it? Because at least you're not just staying and feeling helpless or giving your power away. It's kind of like, I have the awareness now. I understand that, you know, I'm recognising here this isn't good for me. So I'm coming up with a solution to be able to move past this situation. Yeah, and protecting yourself in that. Yeah. boundaries in place. So... You know, walking out of the room if somebody's having a conversation that makes you feel uncomfortable. If somebody says something to you that really hurts, you know, it's okay to say that really hurt me. Please don't speak to me in that way. Um, it's okay to say no. No is a full sentence. So how do we look after ourselves in that as well? That relationship with ourselves, and we are absolutely allowed to consider our needs in fact it's really important and how we can meet those needs too yeah so a big thing that we talk about on the podcast is spiritual growth and spirituality I would love to know where that comes into your life if it does do you believe that when we choose our authentic self and come back home to who we are that the universe or a higher power whatever you refer to steps in and supports us and kind of meets us halfway because I think sometimes a big part of this fear that we have and this pressure is because we think it's all down to us to have the answers and make it happen so I'd love to know your relationship with with that so I um as a psychologist I always would describe myself as a scientist practitioner and what that means is that I look to science all the time to guide me in my work and for a long time that was what I would do I remember one time being asked about Reiki um, and if I thought it was healing and beneficial and I said I, I've never looked at the science behind that so I can't comment but my dad died um 10 years ago next month and losing him really changed that for me I never had maybe a need to look outside of that but losing him all of a sudden I really needed to believe that there was more I really needed to believe that he was that I was still connected to him and that he was still connected to me um so over the last 10 years I absolutely have received signs from him like nothing has ever passed in my life where I've asked for a sign from him and it hasn't come um so this has really opened up my trust in the universe, my trust in more being out there. And I think the most powerful we, thing we can do is believe in ourselves. And if we believe in ourselves and trust in ourselves, we can do anything that we want. So if we take a risk, we'll be rewarded for it. And we'll get from that risk what we need, whether that's the goal or a learning or a lesson. Yeah. So I absolutely believe in the universe, in, in something higher being out there for us and in guiding us when I'm struggling or when I need help, as well as turning to myself and my inner wisdom. I also ask for guidance from my dad or from, you know, 
higher powers from the universe to support me in that and that's really comforting to me and now I'm absolutely obsessed with Reiki (laughs) (laughs) I uh I go for Reiki all the time I've done my level one and level two two Reiki um training I really believe you know touching back on what we said earlier that our body holds so much and that's so important to release it so you know I've never looked at the research of Reiki but I don't need to because I trust them and I know that it works because of my experience both of myself and with you know with other people that I'm connected to so there's absolutely more out there than we're aware of that's guiding us that's supporting us protecting us yeah it's so funny that you say that about the science side because I was very similar and I still like to find out the sciencey stuff and the research stuff and I see that's like more the masculine or it's kind of like the conditioned way in which that society's been built that it's credible if it's research back with theory and you can see to be like it's there it's it's written down you can see it whereas like this other aspect is like well it's the unknown but you, it's something that can only be felt it can't always be described and I think it's kind of like brushed off isn't it as like being this woo-woo thing in society but the more that you open up to receive it and you start to feel it and you just can't explain it all of the time it's just like an in and out and like there's definitely something yeah Yeah. and even you know since I've done my Reiki training I can feel far more deeply I've always been an empath I've always connected deeply with my clients but I can literally physically feel in my body now what they are feeling even if it's a virtual session so you know I'll ask them how they feel and if they're struggling with that I'll say well how's your tummy because I'll feel, you know, their anxiety in my tummy. So yeah, that that might sound really woo-woo, but I know it to be true. And it it guides me and supports me in my work and my connection with my clients every single day. I'm all for the woo. So it, it, <laughs> I'm not judging at all because I totally get you. Like maybe there's some kind of inner psychic ability or connection or something that you've got there that I feel like we do all have but we're like shut off to it because it takes some practice to like open up and receive but the energetic side of being able to feel and sense it I did uh, my training in hypnotherapy and that was obviously doing a lot of work in the subconscious mind and when I've done hypnosis sessions I can feel people's energies too and it's a strange feeling isn't it I've not done my Reiki but it's like oh I can't ignore that like that's I can sense that yeah so I yeah I would absolutely describe it as feeling people's energy I don't know if I would say that I have a capacity to to tap into um to other things but I can feel people's energy really deeply um and sometimes you know that's sometimes that's really positive sometimes that can be difficult because yeah, yeah we can feel things that we don't want to or it can be hard to um, protect ourselves or to to let go of that you know sometimes we can take on other people's energy and distress but for the most part I really value it and mm. it supports me in life as well as in my work yeah I find what works for me is I visualize like a golden white light kind of like coming over my body from like the sky the divine and then I'll like set the intention to like cut any energetic ties or cords that I've picked up on during the day and it's just getting into that habit really because cord cutting meditations are really good aren't they as well for protecting your energy yeah I always since doing that retreat last year I always call on and again this sounds really woo but when I'm going into something that I'm a little bit anxious about maybe it's speaking at an event or maybe it's going into a challenging conversation with somebody um I will always call on Archangel Michael to protect me um and one of my friends one of my beautiful friends from that retreat we've been you know best friends ever since she gave me this beautiful bracelet um a number of months ago and I think it's you know the is it called like a devil's eye or they think it's the evil eye, evil it? eye. Yes. I've got one on ah uh, I love that so I, put it on as well. I don't wear it every day but I put it on when I need it or sometimes to go really woo I will carry crystals with me you know in my pocket again for protection <laughs> 
people are going to be listening to this thinking I'm not ever going to go to that psychologist Uh, honestly (laughs) you don't need to worry because everyone who well pretty much at this point they're all like they love it so don't worry like they'll they'll be be vibing with it But I'm the same. I have crystals here. I've just ordered a brand new mold device because I had um, a podcast guest on the show a couple of weeks ago now called Canny Crystals. I don't know if you've heard of them, but we were talking about the crystal mold device. And I've ju- it's just arrived in the post. It's literally here. Yeah. And it's like I can feel the energy from it already. And I've only just got it out the packet. But yeah, honestly, like the listeners of the podcast, the regular listeners, like absolutely love talking about this. So yeah, they'll totally... They won't be judging yet at all. <laughs> oh, well, I love it. I'm here for that. I'm here for the crystals and the woo-woo. <laughs> Absolutely. So I would love to know what projects you have coming up. Like, ha- Tell me about how people can work with you if they're interested in, in finding out a little bit more. So you will find me on Instagram at The Wellness Psychologist or you can listen to my podcast. It's called Unspoken. So... They will really, those two channels will really show you what I'm all about and the work that I do and the type of therapist I am when I'm sitting in the room with, you know, with my clients. Uh, I have a website too, thewellnesspsychologist.ie. So there's more information there, but absolutely through Instagram and Unspoken, you will really get a good feel for me. Uh, amazing. I will, I will link the podcast as well in the description of the of this episode and also the website as well so people can check it out um, but I just want to say I can really send such a like lovely calm energy from you throughout this whole conversation so it's been it's been gorgeous oh thank you so much for having me I could talk for hours so it's been a gorgeous time that we spent together I can as well so it just feels like time just gone so quick <laughs> well thank you thank you so much Thank you so much for listening to Lift Yourself Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. And if you would like to see more content from me, follow me on Instagram at underscore lauralifts underscore. If you're feeling generous, give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.